days are grey and dreary, and the nights are drawing in. There's a place that's gay and cheery where they'll take you for a spin. So come on, forget your trouble, keep your eyes on the skies above. You can always have it all at the female Hello, and welcome to the Female Pilot Club podcast. If you don't know us, we're a plucky band of lumpy jumpers helping female-written sitcom scripts take off and fly against near-insurmountable odds presented by the TV commissioning system. And if you do know us, we're a group of rabid feminists howling for the blood of the patriarchy through the medium of the chic comedy showcase. Do I have to howl now? <laughs> I did it, did it. I'm Wing Commander Kay Stonham. <laughs> this is Captain Abigail Burdez. Always got a lower rank than Kay. Always got oh, a lower rank. You're more beautiful and richer. What <laughs> do you want? Not here is our on-flight actor, Emily Chase, who missed takeoff because of the unexpected release of a scaly brat. <laughs> Luckily, mechanics were on hand and all is now tickety-boo in Emily's underparts, so she should be back on board in a jiffy. She had a baby. That's what that means. She had a baby. <laughs> we don't know why. We, we did try why. to warn we her. We did say, but, you know. But uh, onwards, in the pilot seat this week, we have a writer who you might have heard of. Uh, now, not only did we showcase her very funny and moving comedy drama script, Bump, but you may have heard of her as an award-winning writer of Veep and Succession, creator of children's uh, Wilf the Mighty Warrior book series. You may have read her recent memoir, My Mess is a Bit of a Life, or seen that she's now showrunner on The Shrink Next Door with Will Ferrell and Catherine Hahn. That's right, it is the alien of extraordinary ability, <laughs> Georgia Pritchett. Hello. I was listening very closely to how you said my surname then because uh, I was interviewed the other day and I've never really known how to pronounce it. <laughs> and I suddenly was saying to people, how do you think I should say my surname? And they looked at me very strangely, but I'm going to copy what you did. Okay, good. I feel, I feel like I've left it too long to ask my parents how oh. we pronounce our surname. Did you think it might be Pritchett? Yes, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Oh, nice. Okay, well. I'm very pleased that I'm defining your identity. (laughs) I I wish someone would. Thank you. (laughs) So, Georgia, as a comedy writer, let's face it, you have well and truly rung the bell. Uh, So, uh, zip up your grow bag, pull up a sandbag, let's have a beer call, and hear how you did it. Chin, chin, pip, pip, last one to the nappies, a hoop snogger. Pilot Club. Sound brand, Georgia, sound brand. (laughs) Brand's getting a bit tedious, to be honest, so there's not that much more of it. Just bear with us, bear with us. It's like living an anxiety dream. I have no idea what anyone's talking about. It's fine. (laughs) Georgia, we at Female Pilot Club know all about your spanking script bump, but the people on the home front who may have stumbled across that new Australian series on iPlayer mm. called Bum. I know. I know. Yeah. Maybe don't. So can you do for them what we call a parachute pitch? It's like an elevator pitch, but with so much more jeopardy. Jeopardy, jeopardy. <laughs> Where's the jeopardy? No jeopardy. So the scenario is the plane is going up in flames. There's only one parachute, which you are wearing. Yes, but as you leave the plane, the commissioning editor of the BBC jumps out and grabs onto your legs. <laughs> 
demanding to be saved. You have one minute before you reach the ground, like any writer should. You decide to pitch your show. <laughs> right. Get ready and pitch. Okay, so it's a, a British couple desperate for a child, and so they decide to go to America to find a surrogate to have their child because surrogacy is illegal in this country and it's not illegal in America. And they go to America and there's cultural differences and hilarity ensues. <laughs> We would commission that. We would. High stakes. A human life. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Do I get to choose between the parachute and the commissioning editor? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think we know what the outcome will be there. (laughs) We've read your book. We know what the outcome will be. know what you do. Yeah, we cast the wonderful Greg McHugh and Louise Brewery in the leads. That was fun. It was. It was fun. What was it like? What was it like, the female pilot club? Do you remember it? Yes. It was a while ago now, yeah. Vividly, yes. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, probably the last time I went out. Um, we did worry we'd killed everybody in the audience. It was very late on. Yes. <laughs> it was worth it, though, because yeah. it was <laughs> it was a good evening. Um, yeah, it was amazing, actually, because I think, you know, it's so easy when you write something for it to all get a bit trapped in your head and on the page, but to hear it performed, to to release those little digital prisoners and see them take life. (laughs) No, it was really fantastic, and I think uh, they were great, the cast, and it's always um, nice when something's funny but also maybe saying something and a bit moving. Oh, that's exactly what we wanted to say, because it was... I love things that say something, and so much of comedy oh, just... isn't, doesn't say anything. You just think, well, I laughed for a minute, but so what? You know, yeah, but, it was just yeah. heartbreaking and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Just an amazing. In fact, I think we've got a clip here so you can hear a little taster of the kind of thing that was going mm. on in that show. We could save you a lot of money on medical bills if I just fuck Charlie. (laughs) That's really kind of you. I love the succinctness of describing the setup there. That's yeah. very. That was a very uh, good demonstration of these two women who meet, yeah. who um, where there's very English. Yes. Very very mm. English woman and a very very American woman being yes. the the um, being the surrogate. But yours is a proper comedy drama, isn't it? I th- yes, I hope so. I mean, I think it's. I think people expect you know sort of you know classic fish out of water thing for me to be rude about Americans but I think actually I'm a bit rude about British people just because as a British middle class repressed emotionally unevolved human being (laughs) (laughs) when I'm there I'm always just very daunted and scared and impressed by just how sort of emotionally uh, evolved and eloquent they are so I wanted to sort of capture capture some of that that was so nice about it because it would have been so easy and very british to have made those characters just awful caricatures and for us to be invited to despise them but mm. in actual, it was so skillfully oh, done god and you just we thought, really oh, no, these women, yeah these women are this one's amazing and and the boyfriend oh he's also really amazing and you did yeah. it it kind of unfolded so gradually and surprisingly it was it was just beautifully done yeah and because she wasn't just a straight neurotic was she she was was, she's kind of geek 
Yeah, yeah, she's, exactly. Yeah, yes, she's kind yeah. of a nerd. Mm. Yeah, Louise, um, yeah. The character Louise played. The told yeah. with with warmth as yeah. well, which is uh, again something that we really like. That there's no looking down on any of yeah, the characters. Yeah. They're all yeah. empathised with and understood. Yes, I think that that feels really important to not. I think it's so easy, particularly in comedy, to sort of mock or judge or blame people. And I think it's more interesting if you kind of show compassion, even to the um you know the characters who are apparently the sort of most awful people um you know which is something of course we try and do in succession is um you know show the humanity beneath the seemingly irredeemable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quite far beneath in succession quite, to you be have fair. to dig deep yes <laughs> well you brought up succession now so now we now have to talk about it we're allowed to talk about it um um I was watching an episode of Succession last night that you wrote. Oh, I think, yes, believe, yes. That was from series two, which oh. the one they get shot and the oh, in the safe, in the two safe, in the two in safe the room, and they have this. Safe room yes, and the, there's a hierarchy <laughs> yeah, of safe rooms. The premium economy <laughs> safe room and the executive safe room. Yeah, yeah. And I really laughed at that line um, about where he's going. Oh, it's not. It's not safe. Look, a small, small adult could get through now, <laughs> or an attack child. <laughs> Absolutely, feel myself at an attack child. Um, but yeah, so that's there's a, there you go. Succession as yes. a great example of I, we. I would say that's a drama with very very strong comedic elements. Yes. It. So the questions are dramatic questions. Yeah. But it has a load of jokes in it. Would you say that's true? I think there? that is true. I think that maybe just truth is at the heart of the comedy and the drama. So. Um, not sort of have you know having a joke that sacrifices character or story so trying to be true at all times and and create this is something that I think the Americans are really good at creating characters who are funny and want to make each other laugh and for a long time I think in British humor we did that thing of people being unwittingly funny or or so stupid or so inept that they didn't know they were funny and yeah. I think so that's... you felt like you weren't allowed to give a character wit <laughs> yeah, as exactly. a trait. Yeah, we sort of yeah. laugh at them rather mm. than with them. And I think yeah. it's more interesting, isn't it, to laugh with someone. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think that's something certainly to do with some character. Like, mm. I think it's good to have some characters who are funny, who are yeah. themselves funny. Yeah, it's such a useful thing to do. Yeah, then yeah. you can go like, oh, look, I can make them make jokes on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. smartness is, I think you're right, it's a characteristic of, American comedy, isn't it? Characters are allowed to be smart. Yeah, all Whereas, right way back from the beginning of sitcom in in the states, they, they've had smart characters mm. who are trying to be funny. Whereas we've sort of had, you know, people who are just failures or idiots, and we've just sort of pointed and laughed at yeah, them. Yeah, I was thinking of... is that a class thing, but then I was thinking actually no, because it's like both middle class and working class yeah. characters are yeah. dumb. In yes, aren't they in a way? Yeah. And we're, yeah, I think we're just so consumed with self-loathing that we, we can't. Or maybe we just genuinely have less self-knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're we... just less smart. Oh, yeah. It's not possible. There was, a, there was a bit in your memoir about you writing a joke for a character. Was it in the Veep? Oh, you yes. You write very funnily about having come up. I wrote something funny once in 19 whatever it Oh, was. yes, in the thick of it, yes. Yeah, it 12 years ago, I wrote was... a funny joke. I want that on want record. That on record. <laughs> Yes. yes, and it wasn't used. 
Ah, oh, yes, because yes. they didn't want the character to make a ju- just just exactly. what you're saying yeah, to be witty. Yeah. That was a, so an Armando lesson. That was a good lesson to learn. Just sort of in this moment, this character is too stressed to make a funny joke. So yeah. actually, it's funnier if they sort of bubble. Yeah, yeah, say as many words as possible without ever actually saying anything, and that was much funnier than than a sort of you know a zinger as yeah. they would say but did you save the joke and write it up and frame it, and put it <laughs> I wish I had because now I can't quite remember <laughs> what it was I need didn't I you, need to go back and find witnesses it? like we used to do in the old days Georgia when we used yes. to cross out hail and pace and exactly Mel and Griff, Mel and, Griff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and send them in and then once yeah. every now and then a writer would forget to do yeah. that the oh, dream no. was I wrote a sketch <laughs> sketch for Mel and Griff that they didn't use, and then Mel and Sue had a sketch show. So I only had to find and replace one name. Oh, it's a dream scenario. That's so great. That's a brilliant detail. I remember once we sold the same sketch to both both sets. Oh, and really? it was a terrible trouble. Oh, yeah, by yeah. accident. By accident yeah. we did it. Yeah. Oh, we were not popular. No. I recorded a sketch for both about a rocket scientist <laughs> and a brain surgeon facing off at a party and I recorded it for two separate sketch shows and I believe it finally went out at some point. Yes, I've seen but, that one. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's it a good sketch. <laughs> it's a great idea. It is a good sketch but they clearly were also just going around cross it out send it to whoever send it to whoever it is. Um, oh, whatever happened to Jesse and Sam. I don't know. Oh, what happened to those two? They were so promising. I know. Young people. <laughs> no, you talked about uh, a little bit about American versus British. I think we've got another clip here, actually. I'll have a glass of white wine. What are you, a 40-year-old woman? Uh, <laughs> we'll have a scotch. Uh, we'll, we'll both take a scotch. Bob and Hazen, their drinks. Charlie sips, coughs at the strength. <laughs> it was the craziest thing you've ever done. Oh, probably get an interest-only mortgage. <laughs> what the fuck? Madness. Should have got repayment. I don't know what I was thinking. There you go. Greg McHugh's accent gave that an extra little... It did, it did polish, so much, didn't it? <laughs> Yes. Um, I sympathise with because that yeah, that is also the craziest thing I've ever done. Yes, you know, me too. we all did yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the only <laughs> way. If you're if you're a, if you're a comedy writer, that is literally the only way. We were talking a little bit because um, we get sent in lots of scripts, obviously, and yes. so we're we're trying to guide people yes. towards good script writing. And we wonder if you had any sort of uh, tips about how to do that. Where you're writing comic archetype, you can see that there are that he's a sort of archetype isn't he repressed <laughs> while avoiding stereotype what's the yes uh, that's a good question um i think uh, you know again it comes back to to truth and i think compassion i think if you show your characters compassion and don't mock them uh, you know i think even in that little clip there you feel for him don't you you don't <laughs> oh yeah He's such a lovely guy, isn't he? That character, Charlie. Such a nice character. <laughs> such Charlie. a sweet, yeah. sweet yeah. man. Like, yeah. And not just a sort of. He wasn't just reserved. He also, you know, you showed the flip side. Mm. So you yeah, you yeah. showed him getting drunk and <laughs> playing. What was, it's not my baby, light my fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. And he goes crazy to sing this. Yeah. You know, so it's sort of the the inherent tension in the character yes yes exactly yes he's very three-dimensional and we noticed that like even your tiny characters who come on for one scene 
are not stereotype one-dimensional characters. They all seem like rounded characters with a life. Oh, good. Mm. You know, like the women who come in to be the, the possible... The, the egg donors. The egg donors. Yeah. The egg donors. So how important is it to really think about every single character that you write? I Yeah, I think it is. And it's... Um, and, you know, it's much easier, rather than thinking of, oh, this is someone who's only in one scene, you sort of think, okay, what would be the most difficult person for, you know, our British woman to meet in this scene? You know, what would make her feel worst about herself or her own egg production? or You know, so I think that sort of helps is in, in sort of creating a kind of fully rounded person is to sort of think of them in relation to the to the other person in the scene. Mm. Um, I think that's excellent advice. Yeah, and making sure you've got that comic conflict. Mm, Exactly, yeah, yeah. Which is really important, isn't it? Yeah. I think we actually can hear a little bit of that comic conflict. Well, have you got one of those? I have actually got one of the egg donors. (laughs) Is it you? It's not me. egg donor. I did not record myself and then play myself in. Here she is. Are you going to eat that? Um, Yes, I was going to. Do you want it? No, I just... I don't think you should eat eggs. Why not? As an egg donor, it makes me uncomfortable when I see a human eating the eggs of another animal. (laughs) That is a really good point. Oh, I I hadn't really thought of eggs as... Eggs. There's a finite number of eggs in the world, right? You're already taking my eggs. You're in egg debt. How did you come up with the idea of concept of egg Georgia? <laughs> Out of your brain only, I've got to say. Oh, I think, you know, again, maybe it's a British thing, but, you know, I've, I think I fully mind all the ways you can feel inadequate as a human as a, and as a woman. So, yeah, that's just one of the many ways. Certainly uh, following your rule of who would be the worst possible person to come and, come and be an egg donor. Let's talk a little bit about your about your career and about your memoir. Oh gosh, yes. What Which, was I thinking? What, Terrible lapse in judgment. I got to say, as I listened to it on Audible because I didn't oh. read it, I listened. Mm. I listened to it twice, and there were points at which I thought, I cannot believe that this is Georgia. I know. I'm listening to little bit of lockdown well, it was, madness. It was Catherine, but you know, it was yes. like you know, yeah. I mean, how do you feel having written it now? Was it? Is it like, wow, great, I did that. And it's all out there. Or... No, I'm moving to Panama under an assumed <laughs> identity and you'll never hear from me again. I did um... wonder who could turn up, to be fair. So just for those of you who have read it, it's called My Mess is a Bit of a Life and it's in this incredible format of these tiny stories, like glimpses of these stories that build up. Yeah, vignettes. Slowly, vignettes, mm. which slowly build up. And so they're hilarious and heartbreaking and they sort of, they 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 kind of work in a, almost like music <laughs> to kind of till the end where you it's very clever anyway well it the, it's the, the single cleverest <clears throat> memoir I think I've ever well I didn't read I mean lesson. I don't want to be rude but I, it's not clever <laughs> because oh well it's actually I'm just embracing my limitations as a writer I can't write prose mm. uh, so it's just I can only do scenes so it's just a collection of scenes in a different format it's just a badly disguised okay. script really it, it, it bound I, in a book excellent I, I, li- thought... I like a little bit of self-deprecation there you go <laughs> uh, what I thought was like how much you 
properly owe to that headmaster who taught you about haiku. That's, really? what, I, that's yes. what I thought. It is. It's a bit haiku-y, I you're thought, right. you know, series of haikus. Actually, that short form. And, I'm, yeah, and I'm quite impatient and I bore myself very quickly. So a few lines of anything and it's like, that's enough of wanging on about my childhood. <laughs> But you know, we've well, got to. We, we understand to be fair, that makes it a very easy book to read. But, <laughs> yes. it, you know, it, it is clever in that it is like unflinching in the way that it looks at certain things that have happened to you and yes. manages to be both, as Abby said, heartbreaking and hilarious and illuminating. Has to be said, hmm. um, and you know, we'll leave a lot of the personal stuff is really, really interesting and you know, moving. But we'll leave that aside and, and talk for a little bit about what you said about your career. Because you talked very honestly about your career as a female comedy writer. Mm, which yeah. is, you know, really useful for us. Really <laughs> useful for us. It's pretty much what we're about. Yes. And it's very hard to speak about those experiences. Yeah. So how have those, how have those comments gone down mm. in the industry? I don't know. <laughs> Probably quite badly, I would think. I think, yeah, I just got to a point where I just thought for the few women in the business over here, it's very much of us, you know, expected of us to not complain and to just, you know, stiff up a lip. And uh, and I just thought, mm, well, maybe it's about time to just tell it how it is. Maybe I owe that to younger women. Um, and I would have loved someone to have said some of that to me when I was starting mm. out mm. and thinking oh I'm sure the next job I do there'll be another woman writer on it. <laughs> 25 years later um yeah <clears throat> it's just very good because you're like so incredibly successful so it's just because you know you always feel like if you do any complaining the lads will just be going yeah well, that's because you're shit though isn't it? the reason you don't get a job is because you're a bit shit and so it was very nice to hear from somebody who is palpably and, palpably know, not shit, not shit. Well, to say. yeah i and don't so, think that but i um, think i'm just relentless and persistent i don't know i sort of find the word successful problematic but i think i just relentless <laughs> persistent and also a bit kind of defiant well if you're going to try and stop me writing I'm just going to do it more whether that's uh, critics or commissioning editors just sort of refusal to be silenced yes in fact I think we have a uh, piece of your memoir now that will be read by our resident actor Emily Chase one with a scaly brand <laughs> As I persisted in having the wrong chromosomes, I was finding it very difficult to get any shows commissioned. So instead, I managed to get jobs on other people's shows so that I could ruin those for them instead. I wrote episodes of My Family, hailed as an unholy abomination and puerile, unimaginative dross, and Not Going Out, limp, undercooked, engineered farce, among others. The producers were not always thrilled to have me on the team, but I enjoyed the challenge of trying to win them round. I remember the pride I felt when one said, This isn't actually the worst thing I've ever read. You know, we wondered, like, it's so tempting, isn't it, to, you know, to write about you were the only woman mm. in the room for all that time. Yeah. But, you know, there, I mean, there were other women around. Yes. Weren't there? I mean, I was around. Yes, but we weren't allowed in the same room as each other. Obviously not. That would have been ridiculous. <laughs> and four too, breasts in the room. Oh, there'd been way too much woman. Yes. Yeah. Our ovaries would have been synchronising and... <laughs> 
clubbing together. <laughs> Forming and... a bridgehead. <laughs> Forming a suicide pact. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, there would have been an egg glut in the room. There would. Yes. 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 So, exactly. so that would have been ridiculous. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, I mean the, given that people say there are no women writers mm. about, you know, do you think that like emphasising the fact that like you were the only woman in the room at that time was like disappeared a lot of us do you know what I mean like do we feel disappeared that like we weren't in the room or we weren't mentioned do you feel like you you could have mentioned us or something oh, we were there. <laughs> oh my god Kay oh I've certainly god. worked out what you're saying I've been lured you, here what did you I've just I was going what's she doing you want to go I was there too it's a serious point. Yeah, Can but I... is that not my point, Kay? That I've lived a poverty of having, you know, I've been poverty stricken in terms of I haven't been in a room with you. I haven't yeah. been in a room with it's, other lovely yeah. writers. That the fact that you're missing from the book is intentional <laughs> because <laughs> I like it. Hang out of it. Hang on a minute. It's intentional. I yeah. can't believe it's because... come out like this when I'm trying to. Make... <laughs> A very serious point about feminism, which is where, yeah. you know, if there's a kind of dichotomy, isn't there, between mentioning the fact that mm. we aren't there and women are kind yeah. of like, whereas, and therefore not mentioning the ones who are there and thereby somehow yeah. kind of like contributing to the mm. narrative that like, well, obviously we couldn't commission any women because... Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, yeah. okay. He's not That's, a raging no. narcissist no, after okay. all. He does have a point, it turns <laughs> out. <laughs> I was, was, yes. I was trying to make a point, but yes. my raving narcissist on the right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like, I am a raging narcissist. Hi, so. Yes. No, I think oh. that's right. And and the stories of you know we already have something with women in it. Exactly. You know exactly. Yeah. There were there were there were others. We were never allowed together. But also, I would I would make another point if this isn't too divisive. There are writer performers which you are, she says in an accusing way. Yeah. And writer writers. There are writer writers. And a lot of things now are being written by female writer performers, but exactly. that comes from a place of discrimination mm. also because people mm. like Phoebe Waller Bridge or Michaela Cole mm. or Sharon Horgan are thinking, Well, I'm just not being written roles, mm. so I'm gonna write my own stuff. Mm. And so that comes from a place and not a, mm. a perfect and you know, an unhealthy yeah, yeah. situation. And as we've, you know, all seen in all walks of life, if there's um, a, an area where women are being discriminated against, it's somehow our responsibility to put that right. So people like Phoebe and Sharon and Michaela have done that, but I still think that's different from just writers who are women being used to write shows. It totally is different. And I was looking a bit stunned for a second there because I suddenly... <laughs> You forgot that you used to be a performer. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I thought, what's she on about? And yeah, then I thought, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, that's where you came from. Yeah. Well, that's I, interesting. I, yeah, I, totally. And of course, I, I saw myself like over here in this box with you. Mm, yeah. And I can see how you're in a different. I'm box. a different yeah. box. Yeah. We're in a Venn diagram. We that are crosses. in a Venn diagram, totally. But um, I suppose because I, apart from on radio, I didn't really think of myself as like a writer form because I didn't stand up. Mm. So yeah. that's where writer performers now mm. have gone, isn't it? In yeah. stand up women writers. But of course, you're absolutely right. Did you do stand up? No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't oh, do right, stand up. Okay. So, so that's why I don't, I don't yeah. see myself in that box over there. 
Mm. I sort of see myself over there in the same box as Georgia, but she's just thrown me out. I'm thrown out. You've thrown her out. That's yeah. my box. I, so. my, it's I my it, box. And it also, is quite yeah, early. Someone said the other day, but you worked on Smack the Pony. There were women, but but they were obviously Dune and Sally and, and you know, yeah. the performers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then even the other writers like Faye and Ariane, I would say a writer performers. Yeah, Leela and Charlotte, they did it. That's mm. right. And they were. Yeah. Um, I guess. I again. I guess that's right. Although yeah. I hadn't seen that myself in the sense that they're actresses, and so I didn't sort of think of that. But you're right. right. Yeah. 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 I was a writer performer, mm. and also, but it's quite interesting. But I was more of a writer, and I've always been right. more of a writer. And and it's quite interesting how my contemporaries yes. who were male tended to get onto those lists of writing for other people's shows mm. so they as a result of their successful sketch shows in edinburgh yeah, yeah, yeah. they would be sent on into writing rooms for other people's sketch shows yeah and yeah. as a result of my successful sketch shows in edinburgh i would be mm. on the list of uh, going to play someone's girlfriend in a sitcom <laughs> Yes. And so it was that, which I'm not complaining about. I'm not complaining that I was sometimes on a list to play someone's girlfriend you in a sitcom. You were on a list. That's on a list. Yes. Um, sensible but, girlfriend. But it was sensible girlfriend. <laughs> I think what I'm saying is it was worse for me. But um, because I'm not denying you it. bastards, you have social skills. You know, if you're performers, <laughs> I didn't have that. Me. So. <laughs> So, yeah. so as a writer, you turn up, and then there are all these confident performery types, types who also write. You think, oh god, you can do two things, and you know how to make conversations. Mm. Oh, for God's sake, yeah. get out! Oh, that's good. That's yeah, you're you're in the box with James Carey, aren't you? Yes. He always goes on about the difference between writers. Oh, and writer does he? Po- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. On sitcom geeks podcast, he makes mm. that point a lot, and it is a really good. Mm. It is a really good point, and it's interesting, isn't it? But that there are more female writer performers mm. and there are female writers, writers. Yes. only writers yes. which is a really small yeah. group yeah mm. it's interesting I hadn't really seen it like that it's true mm. Pilot Club can we talk about the processes like writing succession because I yes. hear you have a big white board is that yes. yes is that right yeah and lots of cards and bits of paper stuck on the wall yeah Okay, yeah. so you all in the room together. All in the room, yes. And American styly, yeah. breaking the story. Break, yes. Oh my god, oh, she's got the jargon. Oh, she's got the jargon. Yeah. Okay. Beating out the story. And then you get assigned your episode. Yes. And you take it away and you write it by yourself. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And exactly. then you do you send it to each other or? Um, so I would say yes on. You know, Veep and Succession, we would work out what was going to happen all together in a lot of detail. Yeah. Then you'd go away and write your episode. And then we would sort of add jokes to each other's episodes, which is great fun. And it's very, um, you know, it's a, it's a lovely group of writers and there's not no ego. So it's all very generous. And I think, well, as I say in the book, Armando uses this great metaphor of making a gravy. Yes. So. Yes. I was going to bring that up. It's so great. <laughs> um, which I think is really good. So the, the the idea being, so so in real terms, you might at, suggest sort of three or four alternatives to a line and then it goes around the group and they all suggest three or four alternatives. And so your sort of fourth really weird one might inspire someone else's 
fourth really weird anyway it basically means you get to a joke you would never have got to on your own yeah and so armando's sort of metaphor is like making gravy which i don't do very often uh you throw in a carrot or an onion and then at the end you might not see your carrot or onion but it all was so even if your line doesn't end up on screen your lines will have contributed yeah. towards the journey of getting to that line and I, and I and I think you do feel that in those circumstances and you do it does feel like a real team effort which is great that's great and you don't get sort of notes halfway through where they go actually we've changed the end of the last episode so now <laughs> can you start from a different point or you oh, don't there's get... still that yeah is still there that, yeah oh, and is that done so in, a, in a room <laughs> In the kind of no, my family style, or is it done separately? Yeah, so we sort of um, storyline together in a room, then we go off and write, mm. and then the sort of punching up, as they say, mm. is done either via email or on set, or yeah. yeah. So, so it's quite fun to be on a sort of email chain where where the yeah. script's going Bring around. That's, that's yeah. super fun. Does yeah. it get pretty competitive? Is it? Oh my yeah. god, I've got to think of a funny. No, it really. Well, on. maybe I, I'm very uncompetitive, so maybe <laughs> everyone else is, but I, but. Um, no, it just feels really fun to see everyone else's jokes and then that kind of gives you ideas. And, yeah, no, it's really... I always think someone should be keeping a note of the... Ex- you know, there's such a high sort of rate of things that get chucked. You know, 99% of all the jokes we come up with don't get used. And so I you make think... kind of off-cut episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. have a document with... I have a document with everything I ever cut called Spare. Oh, no, <laughs> really? That's a just good idea. Just so that I don't feel too bad about cutting things. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's idea. somewhere. It's yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I don't have to, don't. But you must have to have some confidence in being on set and then coming up with new jokes. Well, I mean, that's, be... you know, as you both know, filming is a weird mixture of being very bored and then utterly terrified yeah. <laughs> which is uh so no when they suddenly say quick come up with a joke i think i just am so terrified that i sort of slightly lose consciousness and <laughs> i'm sort of half fainted or and and so i just kind of go into automatic pilot because i'm so scared it's just a sort of uh you know, fight or flight response. So I'm not really aware of what I'm saying. I'm just in such a state of terror that I just blurt things out. That's probably quite a good way to get a joke. Really. <laughs> you must key into something very fundamental yeah. on some kind of like you know association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find it easier doing it in the states though? Where I mean, obviously people know you and, and you know them and now, but I mean, at first, did it feel slightly easier doing it in that different context? Um, I think it's they're sort of unembarrassed about it. I think we're still a bit British mm. over here, aren't we? So it's all much easier to do it on email <laughs> rather than just in a room saying, hey, what about this? And also because I'm not a performer, as I think I've mentioned. Um, you know, you have I, mentioned that. You have mentioned that. <laughs> I deliver my ideas quite badly. So that's always a disadvantage, whereas other people like deliver theirs really well. But, but in the States, I suppose they're so... Um, kind of just open like we're all here sitting around a table and we're all going to suggest things and they don't have any sort of sense of shame why not (laughs) no shame are you sick they have no shame yeah it's weird isn't it that's that's quite an interesting yes you feel like headed when you were there at first yeah i was terrified because they'd all written all my favorite shows ever and 
I, uh, I was just completely terrified. Um, <laughs> it must be very exciting, though, to be fair. Yeah, it was. It was also very exciting. And then, you know, when well, you just think, well, I've got through one day without everyone just marching me off the premises. <laughs> Going, there's been a mistake. Although you said that you didn't, you have, there's a very funny bit in your memoir about not having imposter syndrome because everybody just treated you like an imposter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's my favourite quote. I've, I've, mis- I've misquoted no, you your... Did br- you did it better than I would have been able to do. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it that uh, you didn't have to bother with imposter syndrome yes. because yes. being a woman and not having been to Oxford and Cambridge, yes. I think you were an imposter, wasn't it? Was yes, that it? exactly. That yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was a, a brilliant quote. Uh, and you say you're not a performer, but I've got to bring up, George, that you were in what? the school nativity play. I was. I, yeah, I'm yes. sorry. So I, I, I Stable think, door. Know, stable door. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uncanny I was as stable door. It's in the memoir. It just, it just reminded me. Oh. Uh, yeah. That, I that, that was the, the my first and last <laughs> acting role. Acting role. <laughs> An inanimate object. I've got to say that it's, when I read that, I thought, it's a very avant-garde nativity play <laughs> that has someone playing the stable door. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any lines. Oh, there's there's a life. great um, bit in, in the memoir about um, you having suspicion that you might be the messiah. Yes. Which I, <laughs> I, which I really loved because I identified strongly with it. And with the imaginary friend. I have strong, strong oh, identification with the imaginary friend. Yeah. Who, who didn't play with you. No, she wouldn't play she's, with me. She's <laughs> a great... It's felt like that Lily Tomlin's, yeah. great Lily Tomlin line. Oh, I don't know that. I, when I was six, I had two friends. They were imaginary and they played with each other. <laughs> it, was really, it, was, it was like, it's a, it's a great... Yeah. I, think that was, I think it was Lily Tomlin. Anyway, there was, but we were noticing because there is a reference yes. in Bump mm. to... Oh, which I'm just going yes. to play you... Um, here we go. I swear to God, when I was a kid, I used to worry that I was the Messiah. I'm not kidding. Because that's like a bad gig in a lot of ways. And then I realized I wasn't, and I was kind of disappointed. But now, in a way, I am, you know? I'm a savior. I'm your savior. She's such a scary lady. Isn't she? <laughs> She really is. She's so fun on this. Yeah, this character who kind of gets just utterly unpredictable. Yeah. And keeps keeps making it all about very narcissistic, keeps making it all about her <laughs> yeah. as she as she becomes this, you know, while our uh, diffident heroine <laughs> is um yeah, is, is trying desperately to have this baby. But has got a heart of gold. Yeah. Has yes, got, yes, yes, you know, yes. Has got good motives yeah. in the end, I think. Yes. Isn't she? Yeah, you feel like in ten years' time she's going to be an amazing person. She's just yes! like at the moment is just a bit of everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so and sort of not really connecting the bits of her own life. To yeah. Her, sort yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. No, but we were just very pleased that we found a direct correlation yes. there. Yes. Your, yeah, and yeah. the funny and we loved your joke in uh, about being a messiah that you'd you hadn't considered you'd considered that you might be the messiah, mm. but not the antichrist. Yes, I know. <laughs> just, I don't know. Why didn't why? I? realize <laughs> it seems so obvious now <laughs> yes yeah, so there's lots of uh excellent excellent jokes in the memoir there. yeah yes. and I, I hope you're glad that we uh, you know we brought up the patriarchy because <laughs> again yes. the fact that your dad's nickname was yes the patriarchy, the patriarchy. <laughs> did you really call him the patriarchy yeah. hilarious 
Did he mind being called the patriarchy? No, I mean, I think because he was so the opposite of that, you know, he did all the <laughs> cooking and shopping and cleaning and was and so um, sort of untypical dad in that he doesn't drive or play golf or watch sports or, you know, all that. Whenever I try and buy a Father's Day card, it's impossible because he doesn't do any of the things <laughs> on the front of a Father's Day card. Um, so, yeah, I think he he sort of appreciated the the nickname. Um, yeah. Your parents do sound super cool, I've got to say. Were they actually super cool? Like, that's how they come over in the in the memoir. For me, Very anyway. eccentric. I mean, I think, you know, when when you're a teenager, they don't, they don't seem cool. But now I'm I'm very grateful that uh, they were my parents. Yeah. Your memoirs. It's what you were talking about. How he you. It's short. <laughs> very <laughs> yes. short. It's very succinct. There's yes. lots of very lots of very funny neat stuff because we were a lot of um, what happens when we get sent scripts is people who are too fluffy mm. with their action. Oh, I, yes. I can't write a stage direction for the life of me. Wait, we thought you were hilarious. We, yeah. were, we've got a very funny stage direction right here. That oh. The stage direction got a massive laugh. So oh, I'm just going to I'm gonna play that for Maybe you. Maybe you so. can write a stage <laughs> direction. Charlie's in a small room about to make his donation. He's very hungover. He's making no progress. He gets out Bear's corn mag, but he finds it too off-putting. He looks around the room. He finds an old tattered TV listings magazine on the coffee table with a picture of Downton Abbey. That's a lot for Downton Abbey. Yeah, I can't. I hate describing things. I, I always feel um, just like you decide what it looked like or what they were wearing or where they were standing. I don't know. It's got um, a weird mixture of diffidence and aggression. Yeah, exactly. Just very yes, powerful. Yes, inner rage and fear combined. So but maybe that's what makes them, you know, because they're succinct, aren't they? Mm. You know, they don't go on too much and yes. they're, they're to the point, which mm. I think is what we quite liked about them. Yes. So some, of, some of them are not, so, not succinct, shall we say. Mm. Yeah, we. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's a, a, a classic mistake that writers who haven't had as much experience yeah. seem to make to make, to be. make obviously we loved bump we thought it was beautiful and funny and brilliant and is it i uh, is it getting made no it isn't oh, oh no i so really wish it's available guys available <laughs> Please. the name could be changed now some australians have nabbed it were you cross when you saw that some australians have I, nabbed I, well, I was a bit oh hmm, i like them. i'm terrible at titles as well so i oh. thought oh there's that title gone <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's felt felt like it would work because it's funny, but it's as I said, it's got high stakes, and you know, and it's mm. uh, something that's that's you know very relatable. I think it's mm. in a way, it's like a sort of giant nine month long blind date, isn't it, between two <laughs> couples and that they're sort of desperately trying to get on. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, and but also, you you must be pretty busy yourself at the moment. Are you not yes. with your new shows? Then? Yes, I I have. Uh, so next, well, on the twelfth of November, the shrink next door comes out. Which is <gasps> exciting! Was a podcast. Oh, now really? a TV show. Well, oh, fantastic! Yeah, is that something that we can look forward to? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and that's the that's with Will Ferrell. 
and right? Paul Rudd, yes. Okay, great. And Catherine Hahn, yes. So that's scary. And then obviously Succession has just started again. And uh, yeah, I'm doing a few other pilots at the moment. But I keep, you know, I still don't really get work in the UK. So I keep it's going. Insane. Luckily. I get work in the States. If you're out there listening, how is how this true? How much more obvious? How is this true? I mean, well, I, I don't know what to say. We don't, don't yeah. Because obviously from our point of view, people were like, why did you, why did you do George? She must get like loads of shows. And I was like, no, the reason that we put it on was because it's absolutely brilliant and it's very bizarre that you've not had your own authored show in the UK um, recently, have you? Yeah, no, not for a long time, not for maybe about twelve years or something. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. And so, and presumably people are knocking and asking for you to come bring ideas to them constantly in, in, in the states. The UK. No, not no. I mean, I literally had something turned down a week or two ago from ITV, and you just think. <laughs> There's a whole new regime at the BBC now, though, isn't there? So, yes. you know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? But I want to ask you about being a showrunner because mm. uh, I think that's really exciting for us British people. Right? <laughs> it's like, what yeah. showrunner? That showrunner. sounds amazing. It's like one of those magic <laughs> words. That like, oh, showrunner. But just, just before I do that, can I just ask, did you think about like bumpers of film? Because it seems like it will be a really lovely film. Yes, that's a good idea. I suppose I'm very... I love TV and I love that... I suppose in films this might be a bit of a reductive and ignorant viewpoint, but it feels like you have to sort of lean into the drama and the big moments and it's you've got 90 minutes and that's it yeah. uh, whereas what I love about TV is just having the time and space to live with those characters and mm. see them change and develop and mm. and that feels like a real um advantage as a writer that you can sort of spend all that time uh with them but um yeah well, that's a good idea only that it's i suppose because it's about a pregnancy it mm. feels like it could have yeah, that yeah. sort of yeah Resolved ending, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd like to see it. I suppose it's the other reason. Um, so now, now make us jealous by telling us about being a showrunner because we all want to hear. Well, funny enough, scraps just... to be thrown. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, oh, yes. tell us what it's like to have work in the US. <laughs> yes, it's a funny word, isn't it? It's just emerged. My mum thought I was the runner. You know that I was making tea. Oh yes. Because I kept course, sort of making yes. a bit of a fuss Show. about it. It's quite yeah. stressful, you know, mum, being the showrunner. Well, I should think so. You don't drink tea yourself. You're terrible <laughs> at making it. <laughs> oh. Um, so it's a, it's. A, I would say, or maybe it's just because I didn't do it well, an impossible job to do because the writing that you know, writing scripts I get, but being in charge of hiring, you know, interviewing people, hiring people, knowing all about music and editing and costume and sets and there's a lot of things you have to and edit you know I mean editing twice you have to edit many times um yeah so it's it was difficult I was really uh nervous about it um because I don't like confrontation and I'm not good at being angry and every time I've worked with showrunners it seems to involve a lot of yelling and I can only sort of get irked um (laughs) 
But it turns <laughs> out there was no yelling involved, really. It turns out that actually if you, and this is where years of being invisible had paid off, that if you just make sure everyone feels appreciated and respected and seen and acknowledged uh, that you all, you know, that you don't have to do the yelling. And that, every, you know, it really felt like a team effort and was a lovely atmosphere. And yeah, it was, it was, it was really, uh, it was a real learning experience. I did learn a lot and I'm sure I made lots of mistakes, but I did, um, I mean, it's unnerving to be treated with respect. So I don't know if either of you have ever experienced <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. Uh, well, no. it's it's weird. <laughs> I can imagine. It's quite can uncomfortable. Imagine. Yeah. So that was odd. So it turns out no yelling is required in no, actual fact. No. Really? No, you don't need to yell. You heard it here any. first. No yeah. yelling is required to be a showrunner. Yeah. How much sort of are you like a producer? It yeah, basically like... a producer. Yeah. Okay. And but in, but sort of in charge of everything. Oh. Yes, and that's for the shrink next door. Yeah, you, yeah, running. Yeah. Whew. And that's going to be. And and what platform is that on? Ooh. Well, well now that going? we're yeah. talking in in young people's speech platforms, they drop three episodes. Oh, see how oh. I said that? Oh, yeah, I like it. Uh, they drop three on Apple, and then it's one a week. So it's an interesting hybrid of uh, you get a little pre-binge and then you have to wait once a week oh, get a chance great. to get hooked yes and exactly. is there a lot of therapy in it there is yes yeah have you did you watch in therapy did you <laughs> I did, I did <laughs> watch it. and well i had a writer's room of course which was lovely and i made sure because it's set in new york they're jewish they're in therapy so i made sure all the other writers were new york jewish people <laughs> who'd had therapy so that was very handy indeed okay yeah good did you find that you instantly knew the answers to those difficult questions about, you know, costuming and that you talk about um, not quite being in your area, you know, did you yeah. find, well, I do know, or I do have opinions. Yes, on. I think it was a surprise to think, mm. do you know what, no one's ever asked my opinion before and it turns <laughs> out I have got one hanging around waiting to be expressed. It's there all along. Yeah. Um, and also the, the other thing I think is good to do, which seems to happen less and less now, is to say to the person in charge of that whatever it is the costume designer or the composer or what do you think <laughs> great yeah yeah and it turns out they know quite a lot about their field that they've been working in for decades and how surprised were they to <laughs> they're pretty surprised they? yeah. yeah yeah i do feel like when you're filming the things that go wrong are nearly always to do with not to do with the people who themselves are doing excellent jobs and they're experts that's mm. nearly always to do with people not communicating yes. yeah like exactly. yeah like oh we've got this prop which looks amazing but no one has told you that you have to actually break it into pieces and yeah. throw it at the wall or whatever you yeah. know there's always it's always like yeah there's a slight difference on do you yes, know what i mean i yeah. know exactly what you mean yeah, yeah and there's often i always think that there's a kind of there's a frenetic atmosphere engendered yeah. almost out of Yes. Nothing. Yes. Well, it's all money, isn't it? You know, my, time is money. Time is yeah. So if it's yeah. taking a long time. We had a hilarious thing. Um, I hit some kind of health and safety jackpot while we were filming. Because we filmed during COVID. So we had like 12 COVID officers God. on set. And then we did this one scene that was um, Will Ferrell and Catherine Hahn 
burning something near a swimming pool, which was near some hens and some bees <laughs> out <laughs> in an area of Los Angeles that had had a rise in snakes due to the drought. So, oh, and someone oh, said something sexual to a tree. So there was an intimacy officer. So we basically had 12 COVID officers, an intimacy oh. officer, a fireman, a lifeguard because of the pool, a chicken wrangler, an apiarist for the bees, oh, and a ranger because of the snakes. And so the most dangerous thing was that you could have been trampled to death by health and safety officers. And at one point they just had this big standoff where the um, ranger was sort of yelling at, you know, everyone stay out of the long grass because of the rattlesnakes. And as he was sort of yelling, his mask slipped. So then the COVID officer sort of leapt to his feet and said, your mask is not on properly. And there was this sort of health and safety standoff. It was pretty terrifying. There you go. Well, uh, you mean, were in charge of it. And that was, <laughs> and that was just like off screen. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Things on screen. Yeah. How as funny as that. Yeah, I know. No, they're not, sadly. I've, I've managed to suck all the joy out of any potential humour. Okay. Oh god, well, that's amazing! I love that. Pilot club. As you know, Georgia. Yes. The female pilot club is very, very exclusive. Yeah, very. You know that. Yes. Um, and you are honoured to be asked to join. Of course, as are we honoured <laughs> to be? Asked and you've to join. offered me a very reasonable subscription fee. I, I, I do have to just empty out my savings, but really, I'm so thrilled that you will accept six figures thank you so every much. month no um, but we would like to ask you if you would mind to nominate someone else mm. to join the club well i was thinking about this and uh i was thinking a, a sort of hero heroine do we say of mine is nora efron <gasps> because she could just do everything couldn't she she could i mean when harry met sally it doesn't get better than that um mm. she could write scripts she could direct I could never direct I'm too lazy you have to it's no good you have to get up early and I, I have big <laughs> sugar crashes after lunch which is no good if you're a director um and she wrote brilliant books yeah so I think I've read her I just sent I sent her book to my mum oh good girl oh you like this yeah yeah. So, yeah, she's very clever. It's very, um, they're very personal to her life, aren't yeah, they? All yeah, about like finding yeah. out that her husband's been having an affair. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah. But she's very, yeah. very wry. It's but, very. She's kind of in the Carrie Fisher mold, mm, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting kind of like, woman. Yeah, in yeah. that sort of yes. Great pick. Mm, Great pick. You. With that, I wish I could quote of Nora. I wish I had a Nora Ephron quote to Damn, we get in. Well, we'll her, get Emily to do one. One of her books is called Everything Is Copy, isn't it? To refer to your one of your earlier questions about you know do you write personal stuff? Her thing was she if it's happens, yeah, yeah, it's fair game. Exciting, yeah. Nora yeah. Ephron. She's in the club. We'll let She's her in. in. The club. To be She's... fair, we let everyone in. We and say and so you were we saying do. I have to pay her fees also. Yes, you that's saying, okay. okay you right. Mind. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's... just do that. Well, that sound means it's time for us to climb into our bags on check our underparts and do our ablutions for another flight. But we'll be back soon with another female pilot doing her best to fly female-written sitcom up into the comedy twatosphere. Stratosphere, you mean stratosphere. I know what I mean. Georgia Fisher, we've laughed, we've insulted you, but you've been fair game. (laughs) 
Thank I've, you very thank much. You've been a good sport. Much. I've enjoyed your single entendres <laughs> throughout. <laughs> Bye. 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 When the days are great and dreary and the nights are drawing in, there's a place that's gay and